Let's go over this quickly, and let's bring Justin Stams in from Why We Fight. Uh, Justin, we should be able to conclude if there's no scientific or medical reason for any of these emergency uh, Corona Doom uh, uh, actions that official Mordor in California and uh, Louisiana or whatever state has taken. If there's no health-based reason, if you can't base it in science, then what is at play here? And welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Mike. And I just have to start with, I am not and have never been a member of the Communist Party. (laughs) (laughs) Being in California, you have to establish that up front, right? Yeah, that you're not a member of the CP or the ACP, as I call it, the American Communist Party. Uh, Well, before we get underway, tell people about uh, why we fight. Who are you? Well, my name is Justin Stam. Um, I'm a Catholic. I grew up a Jehovah's Witness. In my early 20s, I discovered a knack for writing, and I tried to be a screenwriter for years talking about the subjects of geopolitics and the mafia and their involvement. Uh, 47 now and uh, living in California um, over the years. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you make do, right? Yes. Um And uh, years ago, I uh, really became fascinated uh, with the World War II and the post-war era and how modernism accelerated uh, our collapse. And uh, there's a series of films done by Frank Capra, the director, when he was uh, uh, hired by the War Department called Why We Fight. Oh, And uh, this series was to convince the 80 percent of Americans that did not want to go to World War Two, even after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And so you discover this massive propaganda campaign by the War Department to convince Americans, even though there was already a draft to get behind the war effort. Wait a minute. I've heard this story before. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. so my main thrust is not necessarily mafia content, but it is an it's an undeniable element of geopolitics, let alone American politics, not just the mafias themselves, the different mafias, but how modernist politics acts in parliamentary style government. Yeah, uh, I think it's a fascinating study, too, and um, it's needed at this time. Uh, because to me, it's undeniable that there are diabolical forces at work. If I can't give you a rational, based in reason, right, based in reality and reason, physical or scientific, which would just mean uh, observed uh, observed inputs or uh, inputs with observed results, that's, that's a good definition for science, uh, right, yeah. if, I, if I can't give you a a reason why people should be running around demanding uh, double uh, double jab and now triple jab vaccinations for experimental drugs and uh, mass policies that no, that their own evidence they're conducting the studies now they're paying for them to come back a new one out today says that cloth coffee filter. Uh, blue surgical face mask does not work. It doesn't do anything. If there's no reasonable physical or science-based explanation, then what alternative do I have then 
to conclude that there has to be a spiritual explanation. And that, you know, when people say, you shouldn't be going around saying the devil made you do it, that's an excuse for everyone's sin. Well, in this instance, yeah, there are diabolical forces at work here. And some of these diabolical forces have organized themselves into what we call mafias. Now, I heard you explain this to Kennedy, and I was going like, I'd never heard this explanation before, that there are mafias from many different countries, languages, cultures, etc. Can right. you explain that for us? Sure. Uh, yeah, so the mainstream media always talks about the Italian Sicilian mafia and the various clans, even within Sicilian, let alone mainland Italy. And of course, your first introduction to that is the American mafia. But the American mafia actually was established by Lecky Luciano after taking out some of the older Italian uh, uh, mafia bosses, along with one other Italian and two other Jewish mobsters. When they formed this commission, it was almost as a liaison, a liaison type of relationship. He became the contact point from the federal government into the entire underworld. And it was kind of like a Medellin type of relationship where, if people don't know about that, uh, the U.S. government, DEA and others had a contact point in Colombia and the Medellin was not necessarily a place. It was a person. It was whatever person filled the role as the one contact point. And that contact kind of kept an eye on all the other vermin. So the idea that um, there are there was a mafia commission established, it was meant to have a set of rules where the Italian, the Jewish, the Polish, the Irish mafias and the smaller gangs that came from even African-American communities so um, wherever there's a country that has vice, there's a mafia. That's what uh, Uncle Jimmy used to say. And you can find that the case for hundreds of years in China, in Japan, Yakuza, uh, Russian mafia, which is actually the Jewish mafia. Um, and it's undeniable. I mean, it's a factual issue. To deny that is, is uh, illogical. So that that's where that kind of comes from where where people uh are misguided into thinking that there's only uh not only the italian mafia which that's the demiurge character of the media telling you that okay for reasons but also doesn't modernist politics and political parties don't they act like mafias and the mafia what they do is they don't have an army per se to go and get what they want to overthrow a government so they subvert it from within, a government within a government. And they start with influence peddling. They extort you, plant evidence, find dirt on you, uh, fabricate evidence. They threaten you with violence, and then they'll kill you if they don't get what they want. But their goal is to get what they want. And if you're in their way, they're either going to use you as a plant, that's an, an intel word, or they're going to get rid of you and put somebody in there they can control. That's exactly what modernist politics does. And that's what's been... Uh, now, this is easily demonstrable. I mean... Absolutely. <laughs> it, is, it, this, it, it provides a good explanation for much of what we see today. Um, but it, it seems to me also, though, that the mafias of the world 
have united somewhere along the line um, uh, and that there is but one or they've agreed, I guess the, the crime, uh, the COVID crime families have met and have agreed that they, um, that they all approve of this course of action. Uh, sure. Right, right. Uh, wait, now, Justin, we have some breaking news. This is, uh, terrible, 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 awful, awful, awful. We knew it was coming. Uh, the Food and Drug Administration has just announced that it has approved for usage on adults 16 years of age and older, the Pfizer in um, BioNTech vaccine. It will now be known as Comirnaty, Comirnaty um, for prevention of COVID-19 disease in individuals 16 years of older. But again, it... It doesn't prevent. <laughs> it's a vaccine that doesn't work. Sure, exactly. It's well, not a we, vaccine. Haven't, haven't we known anybody that's been in uh, your field of study or like I've just mentioned about the post-war years and even the pre-World uh, War One era where there was uh, a lot of relationships between international banks and pharmaceuticals that preceded World War One, the development of biowarfare, chemical warfare that was used in World War One. But uh, even Jonas Salk, the vaccine pioneer, wrote a book called Survival of the Wisest, released in the 70s, I believe. I have it. Very rare book. But in there, he talks about the same thing that Aldous Huxley and all the other globalists talk about, using vaccines to call the population of undesirable elements. What was the most undesirable of the, of the population, he mentioned? Stubborn, superstitious Christians, specifically stated in this book in his own words, so here's the man that formed the vaccine for polio, allegedly, that uh, is advocating as a carrier the vaccines to put in there something that would make people sterile, make people dumb and controllable. And the, you can look at it as a uh, conspiracy theory if you want, but usually people that say that are arbitrary in their statement. They have no idea what they're talking about because they never read the subject. So who's the real mafia? The guys that... Uh, mind to their own business and give people the vice that they're actually looking for or the ones that put them in jail and then you in jail for not wearing a mask? Who's the real mob? Now, who's the real mob now that's going to be running around and going like, nah, 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 boo, boo, FDA approved, you got to take it. Uh, the FDA has approved a lot of things that I ain't taken. You gonna sure. Is there going to be a mandatory, uh, 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 name your drug? Just to start throwing, it doesn't matter what it, what, what it is, just name one. Uh, Oxycontin. The FDA approved Oxycontin too. Can my employer mandate that I take it? Yeah, well, you you touched on the Oxycontin subject of the Sackler family. Very, very corrupt criminal organization, if you ask me. And see, that's to me that to me, that's the problem is that we only look towards a validation of what we're told often. But especially if you're Christian, let alone Catholic, your appeal to authority is not the enemy. It's not the world. It's got to be the perennial teachings of the church. And so when we have somebody come across and tell us some things like you're saying, mandatory vaccines, uh, uh, optional use of drugs, good on the list of anything, 
there's no measuring standard in which to uh, uh, oppose that if you don't have an appeal to authority that's outside of the realm of your own enemy's statements. So we have a starting point. We don't deny that we're subjective in every decision. Uh, so they believe, and they, they actually are the ones that are lying, that they're objective. The myth of neutrality is the death nail of, uh, of tradition. And so we can't start from a neutral position. We have to be suspicious of everything that the enemy, on the one hand, says they want to help you. On the other hand, they say they want to get rid of you. And that has to be brought into the equation. 844-527-8723, our call-in line telephone number. We'd like to be on the program today. But as uh, Dr. Uh, Peter McCullough tells John Henry Weston of Lights of LifeSite News, or five things he wanted to tell uh, John Henry Weston, um, and if you go through the list, one of them was that um, there's no such thing as a breakthrough case in anyone that has herd immunity. So... Uh, after a year and a half of this thing stalking all of us, um, if, if you haven't gotten the original non-compromised second draft, first draft Wuhan flu 1.0, if you uh, if you haven't gotten it, you probably don't have very much to worry about because it's pretty much been defeated. You know, as Dr. Cunningham was saying in the letter that I read uh, right before you came on, uh, uh the, the Corona doom was basically defeated in January of uh, this year and until June and until um, vast quantities of people began uh, uh, getting their second vac vaccination shots or gene therapy shots um, that they um, that's when the Delta variant came out. And that's when the, uh, the so-called Delta variant. People have actually graphed this and you can see it on a graph. So you don't even have to speculate about it. Uh, the relationship is easy and clear to see if you chart the data. Um, so what could possibly then be outside of sheer profits? What could possibly then be the motive for all of these governments and government officials uh, going out there and, and doing stupid things, things that are just that are sadistic? Like saying pregnant women should get this thing. When, in fact, there's never been a test. Uh, there's never been any controlled uh, uh, a test whatsoever of pregnant women taking uh, uh, the Pfizer or the, the Moderna or the Janssen and Janssen. What could possibly be the motivation if it's not population control or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Well, you just you just answered it. Um, population control. But what population what population? Well, we know when we hear Harvard professors like uh, Professor Noel Ignatiev say things like the goal of abolishing the white race is on its face so desirable that some may find it hard to believe that it could incur any opposition other than from committed white supremacists. Make no mistake about it. We intend to keep bashing the dead white males, the live ones, the females, too, until the social construct known as the white race is destroyed. Now, he further in other interviews talked about, and that guy was never fired, by the way. Right. <clears throat> this isn't a singular statement from him or his ilk. This is a statement that they've clarified. When we, when we say white, what we mean is Christianity. So because that, that has to be a clearly defined issue. 
Before we were Christians, we were barbaric Vikings that worshipped Odin and sacrificed humans and sold our own people to Turkish slave traders. When we were Christianized, we became great. We're not great because we're European. We're great because we're Christian. We're Catholic. That's where we get our virtues from. So if that's the case, then when somebody's talking about destroying the white race and the social constructs of, well, the social construct of the white, of Europeanism is Christianity. And it's offensive for somebody like me that grew up not even thinking about these things. I, I was a Jehovah's Witness. We went to church and nobody cared or talked about that ever. As a good Catholic, you don't even think about that. But you can't ignore when this massive amount of power constantly talks about this type of thing. So it's not just population control. This is a concerted effort, like you said earlier, and from what I understand, my opinion, but I think it's it's a clear observation of reality that uh, the globalists uh, are obviously on the side and are sock puppets of the principalities of this world, the fallen angels. And because of their supernatural power they still possess, they move the intellect of these people towards this disgusting outcome, the abortions, the disgusting wars, the degeneracy, and they hate representatives of Christ. So where did Christ or where did Satan go to other than to face Christ while he was on earth? He wasn't in Native American lands. He wasn't in India. He was in the face of Christ. So who else does he want to wipe out like in the first century other than Christians? There you go. Uh, Justin Stam from uh, Why We Fight on our Dude Maker Skype line for uh, 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 here, here today. Justin, are you familiar with David Wimhoff's book about the CIA? I'm familiar with it. Okay. So Wim Hof writes his book, and uh, I actually interviewed Wim Hof. And, oh, wow. Um, uh, he, he started out to write a, 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 just a, a, he was kind of investigating um, <clears throat> the the Kennedy assassination. And then he was looking at it from the point of view of what was the, uh, uh, was the CIA involved. And as he's kind of like you, when he started digging into it, uh, the deeper in he got, the more, the, the rabbit hole, right? When he went down the rabbit hole, he finds out that, uh, who was the guy that founded Time Magazine? Henry Luce, or Luce, Lucy. Um, he finds out that Luce, or Lucy, however you say it. Lucifer. Lu Lucifer, right? Henry Luce. <laughs> <laughs> he finds out that the founder of Time Magazine uh, was also the guy, the brainchild, the, the mastermind behind modern American advertising. Right, and Edward Bernays, Edward Bernays, yes, yes. Okay, so the rollout product to see if it would work was what? Cigarettes. Yep. They rolled it out to see if it would work. And because uh, prior to modern advertising, uh, nothing had ever been tried to promote something that, uh, by definition, it's a pleasurable thing, but it's not the healthiest thing that you could ever do. So... Before cigarettes, people chewed, dipped, or smoked cigars. So uh, Wimhoff uh, dives into this thing and his book on the CIA, and then he comes to find out that the CIA has infiltrated the Vatican or the Vatican has infiltrated the CIA, whichever way you want to put it. Sure. And that the Vatican and the CIA have been uh, uh, colluding together 
to weaken the the uh, the Catholic faith as it was princi principally here in the United States, uh, but anywhere else in the world, we would dare to re rear its uh, its head, like in South Vietnam, right? Right. With uh, oh gosh, my friend uh, wrote a book about it. Um, something paradise. You know, I used to have it sitting up here, but I ran out of bookshelf. Uh, I'll remember in a moment. Um, but they found out that the Catholic leader of, 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 of South Vietnam was assassinated by the CIA. They took him out. Uh, why? Because he was about ready to run the, uh, the Viet Cong, the North Vietnamese communist, back across into their territory because the South Vietnamese uh, army had gotten strong enough. And with him as a leader... Uh, they were actually going to end the conflict, and the CIA didn't want that. In any event, what have you discovered in the with the the what you've learned about the mafia and mafias and the CIA and Catholics? Right. So I think uh, the first step is um, on the subject of the CIA is to establish that the CIA didn't exist until 1948. And at thereafter, in the post-war years, the National Security Act was passed and the different intel agencies that had previously worked as the OSS, Army Intelligence, Naval Intelligence, Air Force Intelligence, evolved and gained tremendous amount of power after that. Uh, Edward Bernays and Freud and the other mass manipulation groups that started from the Tavistock Institute, the RAND Corporation, uh, and and so forth and the like. Uh, they existed before uh, the Rockefeller Corporation. They existed before World War One, and so um, their global paradigm obviously is a lot further than, say, mafioso. However, there has been a long-standing relationship because these groups that are think tanks that are geopolitical think tanks. In order to serve geopolitics, you have to destroy nationhood. In order to convince people to give up nationhood, you have to give up personhood, identity, and culture, including religion. And so, of course, they were all tied to the World Council of Churches and so forth. And so it confuses certain people when they're Catholic or Protestant on how, what they should serve. And that was by design. So mafioso comes into the equation in, <clears throat> in the pre- and post-war years, but especially during the war of World War II in Operation Underworld. And Operation Underworld is on the books. It's a factual issue. Nobody can deny that. And if your appeal to authority is, a, is the government's own records, then you'll find it. Uh, but the government itself denied the existence of the mafia. They denied the a lot of other things, and they've lied about a, a lot of other things. So what we, what we can learn from that is, is that Operation Underworld existed, and Operation Underworld, even if it evolved into something else, continued. And what is that? That was the relationship between an intel agencies globally, domestically, with their relationship with the American mafia, the Italian mafia, like in the French Connection, the Italian mafia in Marseille and in Corsa was the Sicilian mob running Afghanistan opium to a processing plant in Marseille, France, the largest building in the world at that time, building. I said building, 
processed it and shipped it from Marseille, or, uh, from Marseille to the island of Corsa, and it came into, voila, Cuba, Guantanamo Bay. Why is that important? Well, because before Castro, my mother's godfather, Jimmy Vincent, Vincent Jimmy Blue Eyes Alo, owned all 10,000 slot machines in Cuba with Meyer Lansky. And when they were chased out of Cuba by Castro, well-known and documented that Castro worked for the CIA before that, then uh, why did the U.S. government keep Guantanamo Bay? Because they continued the heroin trafficking from there into the U.S. Wow. This is, do this is documented. This is like, and I give, I'll give you another one you'll like, too. How did they traffic it around the country? I give up. <clears throat> well, didn't didn't Jimmy Hoffa help with the Teamster truck uh, Teamster trucks oh. going around the country? <laughs> um, all right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So so going back to Wim Hof just quickly here because I think it's uh, all tied together here. His book is called John Courtney Murray: mm -hmm. Time, Life, and the American Proposition, subtitled How the CIA's Doctrinal Warfare Program changed the Catholic Church. Now, when I interviewed Wim Hof, I only had like a, a half an hour, I think, and he told me, he's like, Mr. Church, we could talk for six days on this, and we, 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 you, we wouldn't even scratch the surface of what I got in sure. the book. He yeah. set out to write a pretty short book and wound up with almost 900 pages. 900 pages on John Courtney Murray, Time Life and the American Proposition. Um <clears throat> Talk for a minute then about uh, when we say mafia, uh, and I heard you say this to Kennedy, um, one of the words that we're not supposed to use anymore, because if we use it, that means that we're wacky kooks. You know, we uh, sit around and watch uh, InfoWars all day long and hang out with Alex Jones waiting for the space aliens to come back into the Red, uh, Red, uh, Redwood Forest. Right. Uh, <laughs> and to take us all away and uh, suck our brains out and whatnot and replace them with yeah. alien brains. Yeah, uh, and, and they and they control the Vatican. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. Right, right, and they're running the Vatican. Yeah. Um, uh, but there actually was, and there is, what we call an Illuminati. Mm -hmm. And it's not a, it, it, ooh, Illuminati, now you're talking real. Now you're going to be talking about the Knights Templar. Well, first of all, they threw the Knights Templar in there to ruin them, okay? To make the Knights Templar, to erase any good memory of the phenomenal holy work that the Knights Templar actually did do. First Crusade, Second Crusade, until Philip the Fair basically extorted them out of existence and then lied about the whole thing. And uh, this is also revealed, by the way, talking about a conspiracy. Secret Vatican archives uh, revealed the deal <clears throat> or the, uh, the key testimony in the case of the Templars um, was extorted and that the, uh, uh, the witness for the defense uh, actually wrote a letter and said that uh, what the Templars were, char were charged with was not, not true. And how did he know that? Because he was there when Philip the Fair stole the money. When Philip the Fair made the deal to steal the money that he blamed on the Templars. But right. all right, talk about the original. Did, did this start with Adam Weishoff? Was the Illuminati before Adam Weishoff and the Masons? Give, give us the overview. Well, um... 20 years ago, if you brought up 
30 years ago, even 10 years ago, if you brought up anything about the Masons, the Stonecutters, whatever you want to call them, uh, and their various lodges throughout the world, uh, Luminati is one of them. It's just a different lodge. It's Bavaria. And then you have the Carbonari that's a, a militant arm or mafioso of the lodges in Italy. These are all incestuous relationships, but they're not always all on one page because they don't have, they didn't have at one time at least, a global uh, uh, connection uh, other than that they were all Gnostic in origin. But yeah, the uh, the existence of the, the Masons was denied for so many decades, it's quite ridiculous. And now you see people driving around with... Uh, of Freemason stickers, bumper stickers, and so forth. It's an open secret. Why? Well, they follow a, a very uh, paganistic belief system of birth stasis degeneration destruction. It's no longer a useful asset. They moved on to other organizations. So the Illuminati was very big at one time, but the Blue Lodge is bigger than that. And the biggest lodge in the world, the most powerful, is in Washington, D.C. It used to be the Scottish Rite in, in Scotland or London. Um, but they have, you know, the Benai Brith, the, the, the Jewish Freemasonry. They have uh, Arab, Muslim. They have all types all over the world. And where the mafia converges with that is just as uh, Gay Talese, the mafia historian, has documented. And me talking to my mother's godfather and some other people he connected me to. The Night of Vespers was in the 12th century, if I remember right. And Night of Vespers was when the Sicilian... Uh, people rose up against the French occupiers and killed them on Saturday night while at church because of their brutality and how they ruled over them, allegedly. So the point is, is that they weren't they weren't Masonic in origin. They were just uh, rebelling. It was a revolt. And but over the centuries, how they operated as mafioso, they didn't call themselves that. They called themselves more often than not carbonari, um, and their relationship with mafios or uh, with uh, masonry and their lodges converged over the past few centuries and so where you have that in america where the think tanks the globalist think tanks and intel agencies mi6 Mossad, uh cia go to, you name it they also the think tanks have their origins in all masonic members right so if you go illuminati if you go skull and bones if you go wherever you're going to have that relationship. Why is there such a relationship, incestuous relationship between the mafia and these Masonic organizations? There, there's the convergence point. That's the convergence point. So they became less useful in the post-war years because they didn't need the mafia as much in America to do their dirty deeds anymore. They had the National Security Act passed, and they had black ops now on a constant basis instead of just at a time of warfare. There you go. So, yeah, so they still used them, and they still continue to this day to do certain things by proxy. But why do you need the American mafia when you have the ISIS and Taliban? I mean, <laughs> put two and two together. So the warfare state, it seems, has eclipsed uh, in the national security state and all the demonically inspired, possessed, obsessed, infatuated, etc., that might have been inside uh, the mafia organization seem to have moved into General Dynamics and Raytheon. So they just—they're still there. They're still doing the same thing. They're still killing. They're still working at population control and building up uh, vast fortunes that none of them could ever spend. Right? They've just moved their headquarters. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people uh, 
their image of the mafia. If you watch a movie like the Goodfellas or Goodfellas, they, they always think it's just uh, uh, like Ray Liotta said, what the F, the feds could never figure out was that it, it was meant, it was an organization meant for people that couldn't go to the cops. That is such a lie. It's just movies. That's fairy tale. <laughs> it was a global, I'm, I'm, you're talking about the numbers rackets. The numbers rackets alone was billions and billions of dollars globally. You had the casinos, but when you they stepped in, contrary to what the media says, into the global heroin trade, well, who owned the poppy fields? It was these globalists. And it was the mafia, Jewish, Italian, others that trafficked it. There was so much money in that. And why? Because of their own declared purpose to poison the society, just like what happened when the globalists destroyed China with the opium wars and, the, and, and opium in general, to make them weak. I mean, it's not just, it's not just uh, uh, opium. It's cocaine. It's other drugs. It's, it's degenerate pornography. It's anything to degenerate the mind and devalue uh, some form of unity, national unity, religious unity, anything. Because really... What's the best way to get people to stop fighting for their identity than to break them away from it? So why we fight in the post-war or the, the during the war years was trying to remap why people would want to go and fight Japan, Germany, Italy, and and in the target of opportunity, why they would go along and bomb 40 million German civilians. Right. <clears throat> um, Carpet it, bomb them. Yeah, and so the atomic bombs dropped in Japan. Those were Catholic strongholds. Why would they choose Catholic strongholds? They firebombed over 65 cities with napalm, which was illegal at the time. But why would they do that? What do you care? They're only half human, is what the propaganda minister would say in America. So uh, it's it's a lot for the average person to process because they don't want to believe in such things, just like they don't want to believe in conspiracies and so forth, because they don't believe people have that in their nature. Well, mankind's nature is still good. You're just fallen and you've lost your likeness. So when you follow these degenerate behaviors, they become so bold that the average person would never believe, would never believe that people are capable of such atrocities. But I mean, once you start going down that rabbit hole, like you said, it's uh, it's pretty. It takes a long time to process uh, why it continues to go on. Okay, well, and it can it can sometimes make you question your faith and and so forth. Well, I but, think it's designed to make you question your faith. But if we go back to the 18th century, uh, the first major event that came out of all of this, and you're listening to the voice of Justin Stam, uh, the uh, organization Why We Fight. The first, uh, the, the first experiment, human experiment and implementation of these mafioso ideas of, uh, of what we've been talking about here, uh, these Masonic ideas, was the, uh, uh, the uh, Illuminati uh, Masonic Enlightenment settled in Robespierre and the boys in France. Mm -hmm. And what now? Why did they go after France? Why not Italy? Well, France was known as the eldest daughter of the Catholic Church, great place to attack. Spain was still too Catholic. Spain was still too Catholic. The French were ripe for picking. They've had uh, 
years upon years of uh, destructive, uh, <clears throat> they had famines, they had war that they uh, were fighting with the English here in the U.S. You may have heard of the, the, the French and Indian War. Uh, they were fighting on the frontier uh, for their colonies here. Uh, they fought with the with the Americans in the Revolutionary War, the American Revolution. Um, right. Yeah, their treasury was depleted, and then along comes a couple of years of famine and pestilence. They had their own potato famine. Um, this ultimately leads to the conditions where they, uh, <clears throat> the Illuminati can go in and start blaming the Catholic French monarch, King Louis XVI, can start going in and start blaming him for all of what ills France when it was just a confluence of events here. Ultimately, I mean, to his eternal uh, demise, uh, Louis signs what's called the Tennis Court Oath, and basically it's, it's over. And by the time they're finished, over a half a million Frenchmen will be dead. Right, yep. Unnatural death, what I'm talking about uh, uh, long before life expectancy would have claimed them, a half a million French would be dead. The Catholic Church would be uh, completely decimated in the uh, in, in France. Uh, it would have to ultimately be revived by none other than Napoleon. I mean, Napoleon is the one that ended <clears throat> the Constitution Congress's acts against the uh, you know, that made the uh, the uh, uh, some priests be juring priests and others be non-juring to, to take the oath. You know, Napoleon uh, re repealed the oath. He restored some of the monastic orders. He let the uh, the bishops start uh, ordaining priests again. Now, I'm not saying Napoleon was a saint. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but he did end uh, the horrible destructiveness that the revolutionaries had unleashed in France. But their first experiment resulted in the genocide of the Vendée, Justin. Right. A quarter of a million French were murdered. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's something my brother, who's really my, in many ways, my spiritual mentor for Catholicism, um, and he brought this up, and he sent a lot of information to me that I didn't know. You you would think it would only be the 20-something thousand aristocrats and bureaucrats of the country at the time. Mm. But don't don't forget, Napoleon, Napoleon was financed by one of the other Rothschilds, and so he was Masonically connected. But that was an era where people like uh, Mozart and his father and others who were part of Masonic uh, orders, but at that time it was more or less a club of studying philosophy, and it had not really evolved to its teleos, its purpose, into the full butterfly effect of what it was supposed to be. And I think that's why the church eventually started banning people from joining it. Um, but uh, Napoleon, I think, was used of course, there's a French Revolution. Of course, he may have stopped it. But what did he do after marching through Europe? He was expected by even Beethoven, who wrote a piece of music for him when he would march into Germany and Austria and end the Habsburgs. And he wanted republicanism. He wanted Masonic parliamentary style government of democracy. And when he didn't and he crowned himself emperor, he, they all felt betrayed. Beethoven was very outspoken about that including the bankers that helped finance him. And so when he betrayed them and seized power by himself and reestablished what he wanted to be a new line, <laughs> <laughs> then they stabbed him in the back also and threw him under the bus twice. 
twice when they they uh, sent him to an island and then he came comes back again and attempts. But the point is, is that uh, yeah, the the French Revolution was fascinating as a fascinating study, but it was the first of multiple fronts of Masonic funded and organized anarchists and communists that would go around and murder by the hundreds different royalty throughout Europe and Russia. And uh, that that is that, that's mafia tactics. I mean, there's no power gain. And that's what a lot of people don't understand in politics and power and in war. That there's nothing asked for. If you want power, you have to seize it. And no power has ever gotten into place without violence. And so at least the left knows that. Now, it's not an avocation of violence. What I'm saying is, is that that's how they got the power. They started just basically assassinating, whacking different people. Uh, Franz Josef II's uh, wife, Archduke Fernandez, the, uh, the, the Romanov family, one after another, just killing, 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 causing chaos and killing uh, clergy, killing uh, Catholics throughout Spain until Franco came and just put an end to that. People don't understand. It wasn't just all of a sudden, nothing was going on. All of a sudden, Franco happened. No, no. no. Tens of thousands of people were being raped and killed and burned alive and everything else. And he comes along and he's like, that's it. Because it takes a strength to stop this type of thing until you can get back to an equilibrium. So uh, to me, it's an issue of uh, linguistics and word concept fallacies. The same word used does uh, in one sentence doesn't uh, uh, is not an equivocation of its application in another area. So when one is saying mafioso or Illuminati or uh, whatever, uh, it, it doesn't always mean the same thing. I mean, the, the Soviet Union called itself a republic. America is a republic. Is that the same thing? No, it's linguistics. It's weaponized language to make you think of something other than what it actually is. Well, how do you know what a, a certain thing is? You observe it. And when you observe, observe the atrocities of modernist parliamentary style government, it is not a democracy. I don't care what they say. Look at the atrocities. And now, let's adjust the stamp of why we fight on our dude maker hotline with us. Justin, let's move now to what we're all dealing with and experiencing today. Because probably a lot of uh, many listeners may be going like, all right, dude, you completely lost it now. Now that you're thrown in with the Illuminati and, and, and the Mafios and Carbonari and Alta Vendita and what have you, uh, that's it. You're in Alex Jones, InfoWars territory. When are you going to have the guy on to talk about these space alien autopsy? All right. <laughs> it's not like that at all. As a historian, I can tell you I can read historical text, and I don't need someone else to interpret them for me. Exactly. And I can tell you here that the United States was not a target until she had the resources to become a target, which is why took the building of the railroad, you had to connect the continent. <clears throat> All of these things had to happen before the United States would become wealthy enough to draw the intention of these people. Now, now at the end of the day, what are they doing here? What is the Corona Doom's grand scheme and play? It is the greatest redistribution of wealth in the history of humanity. Right now, hundreds of billions are being, or tens of billions are, uh, <clears throat> are being used 
around the world and thrown at three companies, maybe four. Uh, Pfizer, Moderna, that didn't even exist 12 years ago. It wasn't even a thought. Mode-RNA is the official name of Moderna. Someone just conjugated it and went like, why don't you just call it Moderna? It sounds better. Uh, Mode-RNA. What are the vaccines? What are they? M-RNAs. Mode-RNAs. Um, folks, at the end of the day, the motive is easily is easy to figure out for the corona doom. Transfer of wealth from those that have it to those that want it. Now, someone may come back, Justin, and go like, yeah, but governments are paying for all the jabs. So how could it be a transfer of wealth? Okay, it's giving government an excuse to pile up massive debt that it will attempt to foist upon the heads of all the rest of us. But that's what's in play here. Uh, right. The population control is land yet. Would you agree? Yeah, well... Or, or is the no population control the uh, the goal and then the cash, the transfer of wealth is land yet? Which way? Well, well let's be clear. Population control means genocide. Yes. Because even the, the vermin in the UN declare exactly what genocide is. It's not just carpet bombing and nuking civilians. It is also demographically displacing a host native population of anybody. And so when you're talking about, uh, uh, you know, whether it's the vaccine is real or not, whether or not Corona is real or not, is not the issue. What are they doing right now in Afghanistan? They're displacing millions of people that one day uh, they were the they were the government of Afghanistan. And the next day they bring in millions and millions into Europe and Britain, Canada and America. Well, we want to help them. Right. Why? Why is it? Why are we given a dialectic, a false dialectic of either you help them or they're killed by the Taliban? Well, why don't you just stop the Taliban? Because their goal is to do the same thing they do with African countries and other countries. You should help them, but you, you should help them where they are. Why? Because when you bring them here and you it's it's also logical, you bring them here and you end up paying them less. You just said you you are for the workers rights, yet you're paying them less than you would pay me because I'm too expensive. You're you're exploiting workers still. And so uh, it's not just, in my opinion, it's not just an issue of genocide and being scared of mass culling through vaccines that will kill you later down the road, which is whether or not it's real or not. It's also other things regarding uh, demographic displacement, therefore genocide. Yep. And I, I, I just think a lot of people miss um, – they don't think this way. The average people, regular guys like you and me – even though we study the subject, we're observers of it. There's only three types of people, those that, that make things happen, those that observe things that happen, and those that say, what happened? And we try to stay on top of observing what's going on because we do care about what is right and what is wrong. But these people that do these types of things, that, like we said, bomb civilians, that traffic drugs into black neighborhoods, fund gangs, form them, have them kill each other, and then say, we need a police state to stop this and then take our guns away. I mean, these are all things that they've actually done. And the people that say that's a conspiracy theory, uh, that doesn't happen or whatever, are usually people that are the uh, what just happened people. 
they don't observe, they don't study, they don't stay up to date. And so it becomes arbitrary. It's found, it's, it's a, uh, there's no foundation in their argument against it. Justin Stam from Why We Fight on the Doomaker Hotline here with us. Uh, I think that also um, that the spiritual battle in which we are engaged, uh, the enemy knew who they needed to take out. And it wasn't the Reverend Falwell. It's not the Church of Latter-day Saints. It's not the Mormons. It's not your former clan, <laughs> Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, exactly. It's not the Methodist. It's not the Episcopalians. It's not the Baptist. It's not the Congregationalists. Uh, it's not the Evangelicals. Although they don't mind taking them out. They knew and know who the enemy is. And you can see uh, the, you can see them in action against the enemy. And this is why we live in a Catholic land of confusion today. Um, it is by intent. But one of the things that we are not told, um, uh, it's not preached enough, and we are not given enough instruction is, you know what the good, faithful, Catholic, crusader, warrior should do when confronted by the news of the FDA approving the corona doom? Right. Fast. Pray. Right. Yep. <clears throat> know your faith. And know tune, why we fight. Know why, why we, we fight. fight. Tune out the propaganda. Now, you can't tune all of it out, uh, but you can start somewhere and you can start by not watching, listening, reading certain things. They know that media is effective. They know it. So, a little Latin lesson here. Media is plural. Medium is singular. The medium of radio. Okay? What sense does that use? Hearing. The medium of television or television. What does that use? It uses hearing, and visual. Uh, you see the mediums. So they have either sought to, one, destroy said mediums, or two, infiltrate them. Uh, right. Computers, the Internet, that is primarily visual. Uh, it does have an audio component to it, but it's primarily visual. So how can they visually deliver propaganda, uh, uh, evil directly to people without them suspecting it. Use, yeah, yeah, use a medium. Reclothing it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you use a medium. Um, and this is all being done again in the name of population control. And as we know, um, going all the way back to the... Uh, to the Garden of Eden, we know that the enemy hates us. And that's what we really got to understand, Justin, is mm -hmm. that these people aren't just out there promoting this little agenda. If they thrown in with the bad guys, they viscerally, from their gut, they hate you. They hate all right. of humanity, right? Right, exactly. What you're, what you're saying is 
so on point about the issue that uh, in polemics, they, they call it shotgun argumentation. Uh, the media does this every day. One day it's Corona. The next day it's election fraud. The other day, you know, then it's Trump this and white people that and uh, everybody that's uh, Christian is a Nazi. And uh, it's just constant shock and argumentation. What it's meant to, it's by design. What it's meant to do, as Edward Bernays and others have formed in this type of mass, massive propaga uh, propaganda campaigns, is to get you reacting to such a point that you forget what your foundational arguments of identity are. There you go. And so when you are more educated about the enemy and his tactics, whether they're real or conspiracy or not, you don't firmly, uh, you don't have a firm foundation on your own identity. And that's why it's so easy to ignore St. John Damascus and his, uh, his examination, his declaration, I think is completely correct because it's what a lot of other church fathers have said. And that is uh, politics is downstream from culture. Culture is downstream from the virtues. But where do we get our virtues? They're not arbitrary. They're not created by our own mind. They come from God through the church, straight from the logos, the mind of God. And so if that's the case and you cut off what we are, all you're left with is race. And you get people arguing about race. Catholics are of many different races. Even ancient Israel, the nation of Israel was many different races. People don't realize there was a lot of converts in Judaism. But the issue is this, and I think and there was just a debate uh, uh, yesterday or the day before between E. Michael Jones and Jared Taylor about whether or not race is real. And uh, E. Michael Jones failed tremendously because he didn't represent Catholic dogma on what race is, but this, that's not even the issue. Catholicism is a nation. Wow. It's not just race and it's not just ethnicities. The singular, if it's just race, then that means we need to rally behind the communists that are also white. There you go. No, no, it's we Catholicism is a nation and it's a nation that's governed by a king and his name is Jesus Christ. And if it's a kingdom, and we're of many different sorts, then God willed it. So he wants you to be European, German, English, whatever, as long as you're Catholic, African, Chinese, whatever. But this is once again, a shotgun argumentation to take people off the foundational arguments that are us. I, I look for these truths since a young boy where the question of who God really is was planted in my mind as a witness, God allowed me to become a Jehovah's Witness, wander in paganism and discover the church after 10 years of my brothers constantly bombarding me. And I, we finally, the whole family converted, but God allowed me to fall down in order to come to him. So I know I can't do anything without him. That's the whole lesson. But we were made to be Catholic. Those that are of the elect were made to be Catholic. So we're here for a reason. And if we're here for a reason, then we have to discover what that lineage is. And it's not just being German and Italian. That is part of the equation. But you're, you get your virtues and your culture from the way of life that is in Catholicism. And that's why I'm so excited about it, because this is what I've been looking for. And so you see wandering young men that are just constantly beat up. They're constantly called, you're, you're white, so you're worthless. White guilt. Uh, critical race theory, all these other things. Right. That is not the argument. Your identity is the history and the blessed position that Europeans had 
and the duty to evangelize the world. But you're not great because you're European. You're great because you're Catholic, because you're Christian. Okay, I want to give you some breaking news here. Uh, if you don't, if you're just joining us, Justin Stamps from Why We Fight on our uh, Do Maker Skyline for us. Uh, just in New York City, mandates vaccinations for all public school teachers and staff. No way to opt out marks the first flat-out vaccination mandate for city workers in the country's most populous city. Uh, well, there is a way to opt out. Quit. Move. Leave. That's a way to opt out. Um, uh, earlier, the FDA has now given his complete blessing to the Pfizer jab, meaning that um, people that were holding out on some of their more nefarious actions and pronunciations, like these vaccine passports, now they're going to kick into full gear. We're really going to find out, Justin, soon. We're going to find out, maybe this maybe by the end of this week you find out, who truly is your friend and family member and who truly is going to throw in with the other guy uh, with, the, uh, with the dark side to the detriment of, or the attempted detriment of the entire human race. Because they're going to come at us now full throat with mandates from every corner of the globe and from every corner of the economy. You're going to be, you're gonna, we're going to find out, you're going to find out quickly who's going to be, who, who's, whose side your friend and neighbor is on. Right. Yeah, I, I think people, uh, there's a lot of people, and you have a large audience, so I don't know how many people are aware of this, but this isn't just being stubborn from uh, a boomer age and a Gen X age where guys are just being, your, your toxic mas masculinity is just being stubborn. No, this is an issue of knowing what you're involved in here. The vaccines have all aborted baby fetal cells in them. They have chemicals, they have live and dead cancer cells, mercury, ammonium sulfate. If you don't know that, that means once again, you don't know what you're talking about, so sit down. But if you do know that that's, you do know that that's in there, you know that you can't put that in your body, not just the chemicals, but you're supporting the abortion industry. It is cannibalism. The enemy has figured out a way to get mankind to partake in the ancient rituals of cannibalism that the ancient, uh, ancient Israel fell prey to, the Gnostics, and many other groups we won't mention on here that continue to this day. And so uh, you, you can't. It's, it's, it's a ideological fight. And if you haven't seen the film uh, Out of Shadows, a lot of what we've been talking about is in Out of Shadows. Um, they've also moved their, uh, um, they've moved much of their activity now into the realm of children. This is the final frontier for these creeps. Um, <clears throat> watch any children's show today and pay very attentive and close attention to the details. And unfortunately, you're probably going to find uh, the fingerprints of the bad guys that we've been talking about on this show. You agree with that? 100%. Uh, you, will, you, you will find them uh, now. It just goes without saying. My wife and I watch uh, a decent amount of TV and TV series, and we get subjected to these uh, horrendous commercials you got to suffer through. Um, <clears throat> here's, I don't have a scientific study on this, so I just throw it out. Uh, it is anecdotal evidence. A majority of commercials now feature either mixed race couples or minorities completely. 
They're either blacks or they're a mixed couple or they're uh, Asian or Latino minority. Every once in a while, they'll throw in a token cracker family. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they'll, 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 they'll throw in a, a, a couple of pasty whites, right? Uh, right. Just to keep the appearance up. Um, so the advertising industry is thrown all in on the basic tenets of critical race indoctrination and the propaganda of the American Communist Party. That's one thing. The other thing, and they just do this now, and they do it so often, they don't even have to, uh, they don't have to mention it, they don't have to refer to it, they just do it now. Right. Watch very carefully these TV ads, and you will see if they involve people in any kind of a social setting, you will almost invariably see as they go through the scenes and show people smiling and laughing and using the product or whatever, you will almost invariably see homosexuals. Right. Acting all homosexually eat and stuff. I saw one yesterday and I went, I don't, and I'm trying to remember what it was now. And I'm like, they just put it in there. They don't announce it. They don't get glad, uh, glad's uh, approval or anything. Uh, they just stick it in there like it's normal. They've normalized it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, like you said, it's and it's not just a uh, uh, race stirring issue. Uh, if we're Catholic, we don't care about that. But we we would be fools not to address the issue of targeted race. I mean, the attacks are undeniable. If this was pointed at Asians then people would be sure. melting down. That's if it right. was pointed at Jews, it would be absolute Holocaust again, which is what they claim every time you criticize Israel. I'm I'm 2% Jewish according to DNA results, so I guess I can say some things, right? <laughs> but here we are. Here we are on, on, on the forefront of what has what people like like me have known about for years on the absolute hatred for whites. Um, and whites was not something that was even thought of and talked about as Europeans. We didn't say white. We said German. We had said French. It's a way of conflating an entire group so as to turn them all into uh, uh, baby-eating Nazis. And therefore, um, you, you demonize an entire group to a point where you don't care if they get attacked. And I think it's ironic that it comes from the same Masonic uh, mentality and politic that is sourced in the natural philosophy world. And natural philosophy, for those that don't understand, they may believe in God, but usually it's a deistic, not involved with mankind uh, type of God. Sure. And what he has done is he's left mankind to his own devices. So you have a predator-prey, um, uh, killer-be-killed uh, you're just an evolved animal. Well, if I'm just an evolved animal, then why shouldn't I mess you up and take your stuff? Who says that I shouldn't? Because if I'm just an animal, then I only have instincts. And if I only have instincts, then morality and values and virtues are just uh, 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 properties of the mind that aren't real. So if I just get as much stuff as possible, then it shouldn't matter how I go about doing that. So if mankind is colonized by the European nations. You look at that as a negative thing, but isn't might right to you? Isn't the survival of the fittest your motto? Yet when it's actually put into practice, you don't like it. 
we all know as Catholics that that's not the case. We evangelize the world through colonization. And so when, it, when the world was colonized, you think it was just to have uh, a, a secular nation come in and occupy. No, the real reason was to find the elect. But the world, uh, the, the world uh, bodies, the, the think tanks, they adopt the Jewish mentality of tikkun olam. That means fix the world, which is not Jewish at all. It's actually something that comes from the Gnostics, which got it from the pagan Greeks. And what is that? Tikkun olam is fix the world. That's not the job of the church. The job of the church is to find the elect and offer salvation. This world has fallen. So the dialectics are true. There is good and bad in the world. There is a dialectic. There won't be in the future uh, after Christ's return. But to put a presentation that uh, the Catholic Church is meant to go around and fix the world, as the modern Jesuits say, that's not the job. That's not our job. Because it also presents a false dichotomy that if you're not fixing the world, that means God's not with you. Uh, no, the church is the church is not declining because of some overpowering reach from the from the demonic realm. The church is smaller in size because maybe the great harvest is nearing its end. We don't know, so, but we do know we do know that their false dichotomy is exactly that false. So this is what I would add to that. Uh, <clears throat> I told uh, Mrs. Chur uh, on Saturday, as I, I told her, I said, um, and look, we've been going out and slowly prepping. I mean, buying, like, I got a 50-pound bag of rice coming to my house. It was so big that uh, the grocer said, well, I don't actually have it in stock, <laughs> but I can ship it to you. Can't well. have it shipped to you. I'm like, do it. 50-pound uh, bag of rice. Uh, we're stockpiling uh, canned goods. Uh, uh, little things that, that you might not think of, but like jars of beef bouillon cubes, jars of chicken bouillon cubes. So we're, we're stockpiling things. And I told her, I said, you know, the one thing that we're not stockpiling and we're not doing enough of around this house, she goes, what's that? I said, devotion to the sacred heart. Right. We are promised, our Lord told Mary, uh, uh, Alico uh, St. Mary Alacoque, told her uh, and then reiterated it, um, I, I want to say to St. Faustina, uh, but re has reiterated this in a couple of other apparitions, that if you want your household to be holy and if you want to be spared uh, the some of the tribulations of, uh, of this world, then have a devotion to my sacred heart. Honor my sacred heart, enthrone my sacred heart in your home. So I don't know about the rest of you guys, and I don't know about you, Justin, but in my house, uh, we have a visible, you walk in the house, you go like, what's with all the Mary statues? We have, <laughs> we have a visible, awesome. well, when you get to the front door, you'll be greeted by a beautiful uh, colored one that I painted. You'll, uh, you'll notice two things. You'll notice Sacred Heart of Jesus, Macklin Heart of Mary. Uh, folks, these are the things that they can't take from us as long as we have private property. Um, they're going to come at us with all guns open, barrels blazing now. It'll be economic extortion. It'll be social extortion. It'll be maybe even survival extortion. You can't get gasoline unless you have a vaccine passport. Now, I don't believe currently in this state where I live, in the state of Louisiana, that there is political will enough 
to mandate a vaccine passport and have it go through the legislature of this state and become law. Um, does that mean it'll, it'll be federal? It'll be federal. And if it's federal, well, then we secede. That's it. Leave. Yeah. But then you you trigger the U.N. Uh, the U.N. Agenda 21, which is well documented and how they'll send if there's a societal collapse in any host nation, the other participant nations will send in their uh, their security forces. And that's when you have a problem. So but this is this so we, is get to sh- we get to shoot blue helmets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you're right. And it's funny because, um, like I've said, for many years, I've prepped and other things like that. But prepping of the mind is more important. But what better way of prepping of the mind than a true devotion? So you're right. And Father talked about that several times over the past couple months. Uh, it's funny because years ago, I would say, well, if I don't have something that I need, if something kicks off, then I'll just take it from my enemies down the street. And obviously, he's a Catholic. <laughs> now that I'm Catholic, he can't talk like that. But uh, you got to remember that when ancient Christian Imperium fought pagans and uh, souljack Turk Muslims and others that were uh, at war with them, uh, they followed the the rules of uh, war, the rules of combat, according to Deuteronomy 20, which you're told the any any of the enemies of God. Uh, you should try to make peace with them. And if they don't receive you in peace, you should lay siege to their city, conquer them, and take everything that is in there as yours for the Lord your God has given it to you. This is a perennial law and war. You're not to rape and kill uh, in peacetime and all that other stuff. So, uh, And of course, in Deuteronomy 20, it says specifically, take all the males and lay them to the sword and take the women and children as your servants. Now, we don't live like that now. Yeah, that's, that's that's really telling. But it's really telling that we're in a different world, but the principles are the same. You're supposed to face the enemy. You're not supposed to make deals with them. That's the whole point. You don't partner with the enemy. And everybody thinks they're going to partner with the enemy and buy off war. And the problem is every time the so-called right has done that in this country, capitulating to the communists. Oh, we lose. To the left. You lose every you time. You lose. You lose every and, time. And you end up in what I call the fortress mentality, which is one of the biggest mistakes that you can make, which is like um, Colin Flattery wrote a book on it, uh, Don't Make the Black Kids Angry. Well, the idea is, is that and I'm not anti-black, I'm just saying the idea is that if you you think you're going to satiate the enemy by saying, I'm going to just hold up in my fortress and they won't be able to get beyond my the walls of my fortress. Well, right. they're just amassing an army. They'll lay siege, and, and, and you'll have to fight them eventually. Yeah, a fortress Marica or a fortress Louisiana or a fortress St. Tammany Parish or County, um, ultimately, you'll have to, as you said, they will siege you. Um, and, it, and, it, and the siege may come in different, uh, as I said. It may be economic. It may be social. Uh, it may be uh, survival. It may be, you can't get a new electrical account. You cannot open up a new account with the power company unless you show them your vaccine passport in some places. Uh, I don't put anything past these people. Uh, right. Now, the amazing thing is that if we would just stop the testing and go back to normal, um, you'd have a flu season coming up that probably wouldn't be as bad as the one of 2018. Um, uh, and sans the testing, uh, you'd have death and sickness about on par 
with death and sickness for ILIs, influenza-like illnesses before. Uh, but they've now weaponized the flu. And they weaponize right. people's fear, uh, irrational feel, not based in reality, fear of the flu. Uh, all right, so final uh, thing with Justin Stams of Why We Fight. And is it the website is Why We Fight? Yeah, whywefight.info. Uh, and um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Why We Fight 2020. And if not, you just search Why We Fight with Justin Stam. And my YouTube channel as well. Um, but before you sign off, uh, maybe, and I, I tried to do this with uh, Kennedy, uh, by the way. And thanks, Kennedy. <laughs> um, but I, I was going to give him a freebie question if he wanted to ask anything about the mob. It was something that my mother did with Uncle Jimmy at one time. Um, so uh, I don't know what you want to talk about right now, but uh, that's that's out there. Or you can do it another time when we uh, when we meet. I was just going to say there's a comment in the chat room about uh, was something that uh, what Robert Nisbet said in the book, The Quest for Community. Uh, Nisbet was a philosopher, could not possibly have known in 1957 or 8 when he wrote that book of how important a quest for community would become. Because ultimately, um, we don't survive this onslaught here. Uh, this demonic war that has now come in, come into the spiritual war that's now making its way into to the reality world and the physical world. We don't survive it by becoming atomized, uh, separatist, uh, people holed up in, uh, in fortresses on top of hills by themselves. Exactly. Uh, you survive this by loving, working with, growing, and knowing your community. So the quest for community continues. Uh, right. Now, you're the philosopher. Um, uh, you can see the advantages to that. It's natural as well. Uh, uh, I mean, wolves that are hungry travel in what? Right. Packs. 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 Mm -hmm. um, maybe they wanted to protect themselves from other predators. They travel in packs. Folks, We've begged people and pleaded, you must go to the site, uponthesrocks.co. You must register your trade or skill or market uh, that you're doing business with or bartering with because we're going to need to know who these people are and where we can find them. So that was my, uh, my, uh, my, my, my parting shot. So you can ask your question. What's your question now? Oh, I was saying that you can ask a question um, the first time my my mother and, and then later on myself sat down with uh, Uncle Jimmy. He says, you can ask me anything you want on or off the record. And she asked the question, you know, did you kill? Did you do you guys have Benny Siegel killed? And I already answered that in one of my videos. And that was no, uh, even though that's accepted as a mantra in mainstream media. But what, what's a question you wanted to ask that may have not been asked through the years regarding uh, the mob? Which one of you had JFK taken out? <laughs> <laughs> From what I understand, the CIA and the Mossad had him taken out. Um, RFK Jr. or RFK. For the similar uh, reason that JFK was killed, RFK was running for the Democratic uh, ticket 
and uh, he vowed, just like his brother, to end an acceleration and escalation into the war in Vietnam. So why was the war in Vietnam so important to accelerate? Well, Anthony Sutton answered answered it in his book series of how the bankers and corporations funded the Bolsheviks and funded the expansion of communism in China and Southeast Asia while we were sending our, our boys out to fight them. Bechtel, Floor Daniel, Ford, Rand Corporation, all built roads from Russia into North Vietnam, China, and Korea while sending over the parts to make tanks and other weapons while we've sent our boys to fight. This is documented. It's factually documented. So the acceleration of Vietnam to face off with communism was actually a dual-headed beast that the globalists controlled both sides of in order to collapse Western civilization. Wow. Uh, yeah, we have to have you back. We'll talk some more about all this. Uh, uh, go to the, the website. Uh, give, give them the website address again. Whywefight.info. Uh, I, don't, I don't add to the blog too much. More or less the, um, the YouTube channel I'm trying to add every single week at least. And, um, yeah, I, I would say follow Mike's advice. Uh, team up with uh, fellow Catholics and build each other up with God. And when you were talking about that uh, uh, Catholic Church is a, is a nation, um, I, I scribbled down because the thought jumped into my mind. Uh, we'll start using this now. The JMJ Nation. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I'm with the JMJ Nation. All, all right, Justin, uh, we got to run. Thank you so much. What a great interview. Great talk. Let's do it again. Yes, definitely. I just wanted to mention a friend of mine is doing a uh, rosary in front of the Pfizer building in San Diego <laughs> at 630 today. Wow. Uh, and reparations for sins committed by the... Uh, the pharmaceutical industry. So anybody in the San Diego or Southern California area that wants to join him, he might make this a regular thing. And uh, there you go. There you go. Good start. Uh, it's a good thing to do. All right, Justin, thank you very much. We'll talk soon. God bless you. Thank you, big brother. You too. All right. That's uh, Justin St uh, Stam on the Dude Maker Hotline. Uh, gosh, why we fight. <laughs>